Welcome to a Monday edition of Future Words Podcast. I'm Paul, and we're back to doing video things again. Uh, I know I was going to say I was going to do some uh, good news articles, but to be honest, it was a little difficult finding some of the good news out there. And I was like, you know what? Uh, for my own uh, mental sanity on things, I'm just going to take a break for a couple Mondays. And I did. And here we are once again on another Monday episode of Future Words Podcast. So as you are aware, because uh, last year, if you were with us at the time, we talked pretty much all of May about mental health awareness. Uh, May is Mental Health Awareness Month for those of you who are not aware. And in 2020, during this time of corona and forced lockdowns, this is probably one of the most probably important conversations to have. Now, I am not here to argue for or against the lockdowns going on in the various states. That is a completely different conversation at a different time. I, I'm also not here to talk about if governors have overextended their authority and are doing more than they're being allowed. Because honestly, that is a state-by-state issue according to the state constitution. And that's honestly for another time or place. Because regardless of what your thoughts are on that, there is a reality that is brewing. And that reality is that we got a mental health thing going on with us. And so I'm going to dig into that a little. So what I want to talk about today is kind of, uh, I guess you up from last year's uh, mental health episode. Now, I've had a little more time to flex not only about my own mental health, uh, but on how mental health is seen in the general. Now that we have COVID-19 just kind of out there in the wild, it's on everyone's mind for every second of every day. It's in the news all the time. You can't go a day without looking and seeing COVID somehow being displayed in the news and some scary numbers coming up uh, about number of effect, number dead, uh, potential numbers of affected, Etc. Etc. And we're seeing how that is impacting, you know, everyone economically. But one of the things to think about is how this is impacting mentally, especially those who are dealing with mental health issues, uh, both diagnosed and undiagnosed. So the first thing I wanted to get to was how widespread is mental health in America? Well, according to an article from Health.gov, as of 2010, now I, I, let me take a tangent here. The government needs to do studies more often. They are uh, the fact that the latest we have for this statistic is 10 years old is actually very sad. Uh, I can understand the data lag behind too, but back at 20. 10 and we're in the year 2020. <sighs> I digress. So in 2010, one in five children in the United States had a mental health disorder. The most common of that being ADHD. The same article then says that one in four adults have a mental health disorder, with one in seven being severe, such as uh, suicidal ideation, suicidal thoughts. The most common of the disorders reported of the one in four adults is depression and anxiety, and they did not make a distinction uh, between the severity of the anxiety and depression, so that the depression and anxiety could have been anywhere from that one in four to that one in seven. So there's multiple ranges and multiple levels of that depression and anxiety going on. Now, like I said before, data is old, and unfortunately, we can't, we can't extrapolate what the data looks like now. So now the most common of these disorders reported, and they don't uh, distinguish with severity. So this could be in the one in four to the one in seven range on multiple, you know, from a take it as this scale one to 10, it could be anywhere from the one to 10. But the two most reported are depression and anxiety. Now I will say this, the data is a few years old, like I was mentioning before. And unfortunately, just the way this data is, we can't extrapolate what this data looks like now. So for the sake of the argument, let's assume it is close, if not the same as was reported back 2010. Now, that being said, I do want to address some, especially Especially because it concerns a co-host of Use Your Words podcast uh, for the Wednesday episodes. I know Josh has said in the past that he does not believe ADHD. And I know we have all last face out. Hoping it was, but he, he's serious. He does not believe ADHD. And I want to be very, very clear about something here. That as much as I love and as much as I respect Josh, ADHD is very much a real thing. Just like all other mental health issues are a real thing. And when people are dismissive of mental health, of a kid, regardless of that is, that is a problem. That being said, I do believe and could 
continue to support Josh's ability to have his opinions be what they are. And I would stand beside him if he ever had protests to get back his right to say what he said about it. even though, to be frank and honest, it's wrong. So I want to I want to get that out of the way. 100% ADHD is a real thing. Now, is it maybe overdiagnosed? Yes, I will give him that. Uh, is there maybe some ways that we could help out, especially younger kids, get over these things? Yes, I will give him that from here to next, but it is a real thing. And it is something that to you know, take care of. Now, again, thankfully, at least according to this 2010 report, ADHD is not one of the most reported symptoms. That sounds out. And we do have to aware that ADHD combined with anxiety, maybe combined with other things, could cause a very toxic. That's a cocktail no one wants to do. And honestly, I would send back part. But I digress. So that being said, let's continue. Okay. So what I have noticed over the past, I would say year, up until about February, is that conversations regarding mental health have been going in a positive direction from where they have been in the past. I know it's anecdotal. I know this is anecdotal, but I, I have seen this personally and I hope that this direction that I've seen continues to be true in not only the circles I'm in but in society as large. Now up until the start of the Rona lockdowns on that people were starting to open up and have more conversations regarding their mental health and the stigmas around mental health, at least from what I've seen, have slowly gone away. And that's a great thing. Now, as far as for me personally, it has been tricky this past year. I will I'll admit that. So since I last spoke on mental health in May, uh, a couple things have happened. You know, I've celebrated her birthday. Um, I've celebrated her birthday slash death anniversary of my dad. I've had my good days and bad days. I'm on the cusp of changing jobs actually right now. So that can always be a stressful time for people, especially with mental health. So we'll see how the next, I guess, couple weeks go. But I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm being very optimistic about it right now. I've learned how to balance more that stress and work from, or that stress from work and volunteering and other things I'm involved with to keep that as best as possible under control by A, saying no to things that I do, and B, utilizing both mechanisms that I've learned it out. Now, I won't lie, there have been days that have been rougher than others. Uh, there are there are always going to be those bad days. And, and not every day has been perfect. There were a few days this past year, I, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go to work. I, when I was at work, I didn't want to do anything. Like, <laughs> it was a chore and a half to get anything done. But overall, I would say where I am now is light years compared to where I was just a couple years ago. And being in a better mental state in general has been honestly great. And I'm thankful that I am in such a state. And I'm thankful that I was in such a state right before February when this whole corona um, Because as we saw at the end of, the, of January, the world started changing. So um, unless you willingly don't look at news and you willingly have no idea what's on because maybe you've always worked at home and you've always been a home person, never gone out, never ate in a restaurant, never hung out with friends or anything. Late January, early February, COVID-19 started ravaging the world and all things just kind of went wrong. In fact, it went so wonky that society as a whole has essentially changed in just a few weeks. And things that I never thought would happen, uh, such as snitch lines, uh, you know, not going to go there right now, but quite, quite, quite frankly, that's a continuous surprise. I, I never thought I would see that. And yet here we go, here we are. And though that's reality that we're in currently in 2020 in America. But beyond the snitch lines, beyond the everything else, the thing that is bad, probably one of the scariest things to see is this large increase in unemployment to the lockdowns. We went from having a nationwide employment rate around 3.5% to this article was from uh, last month. So obviously as of May, this number is out of date. But with this article is written, it said 4.4%, but they're estimating anywhere now between 13 to 20% unemployment by the time people are fully able to return to work. Now, where this gets scary is that it is estimated that between 37 to 40,000 die per percentage point increase in the jobless rate. Now, not 100% of those people who die are from mental health. These deaths include 
such things as lack of food, unable to access medical care to lack of money, mental health, suicides, drug, alcohol use, ups, and other conditions associated with the reduction in money and increase in stress. Now, regardless of our of my personal, of your personal sense, of anyone's personal stance on if the lockdown should be lifted or not, we need to have an honest conversation about the impact of people losing their jobs and not being able to work. Something that we have members that in order to be helped, not only is people need food, sleep, friends, social interaction, love, but we also need as well, we need a purpose. We need a reason to get up, to, to get active, do things more than just lay in bed all day and sleep. People without a purpose have no reason to do anything, and they have no reason to get better or make themselves better. It's because of purpose that I continue to learn and get better in my profession. It is because of purpose that I continue to invest in others as well. It's why I continue to work youth group. It is why I continue to work on the worship team, on the tech team. It is why I continue to learn. It is why I continue to speak at conferences. It is why I continue every day to get up, take a shower, and get dressed. Purpose is what gets us excited to try new things. And without it, we grow stale. Really, really. Quick. Beyond purpose, we also need social interaction to be healthy, especially mental health. Adults, for the most part, we've had the opportunity to learn some coping skills and how to be social in these trying times. We've adapted pretty well, uh, at least everyone around my age. Uh, older generation, maybe not so much. But, you know, people around my age, you know, mid to late 30s, we've learned to use phone calls, text messages, Zoom meetings, Skype calls, Teams meetings, all to keep in touch. Where this becomes the problem that I'm starting to see is that children and teens haven't had that opportunity to learn how to socialize outside of that one-on-one -on -one time. Uh, and when I say one-on-one -on -one time, I mean in person, uh, you know, in schools. There's support structure they have at schools with their teachers, counselors, their peers. And I would honestly say that beyond those who have lost their jobs during this time, children and teens are by the biggest group of people who have been hit the hardest. Now, these times of isolations are rough on teens. Uh, and this is evident by multiple headlines as the virus has ripped through our country. One of the first things that caught my attention was a kind of a blip on the radar was some news about two teens in Sacramento, California in early April. And they partially attributed the stress of dealing with the current pandemic and the isolation because of the pandemic to their suicide. And that kind of got me on edge and watching, seeing what was going on. And that kind of caught my attention that we might be facing something going on here. Now, the next major blip that hit the news, which raised the alarms for me uh, and horribly, was a video that started with the following quote. Day two since I buried my son. My son died from the virus, as I mentioned, but not. And then this video goes on and it's, I, I, I'm going to link uh, with this. And I'm going to say this. It is heart wrenching. It is hard. I'm not ashamed to say I cried like a little bit for multiple reasons. One, I understood that not being able to process, realizing that they had and knowing that that kid, a kid that was 12, only a few days away turning to why they would want, knowing that the isolation that forced upon them was not healthy. Now I chose, when I was young, self away from everything. I know how damaged, how easy it's for thoughts to manipulate themselves in your own head when you do not have that interaction. So I understood facts. And I also felt her saw the Bob's voice face. She recounted what happened to his son and how his eight-year-old daughter found her brother, his son, hanging. It's hard. Um, it's a rough video. It really is. And unfortunately, it's just one data. And I and I hate breaking it down to that. I hate breaking the death of this kid, pain of this family down to a data, but it's one data and one pound in our entire And that kid wasn't the enough for to die in our sons also of mental you know, mental issue. And the dad says, you know, he wasn't depressed in that. I believe that. When you are forced into isolation, it does things to, that's not normal. Humans are meant to be social. Humans are not meant to be in isolation alone. If we voluntarily do it because we're sick or maybe we're injured or something like that, that's one thing. But to force it on entire countries, there's going to be consequences and we're starting to see. So watching this video, you know, a couple things. You no, know, So the grieving father, you no, know, he goes on to explain how he believes the closing of the school, the removal of the support system that his teenage son really needed um, outside of his family. Because to be honest, teenagers, unfortunately nowadays, are way 
for like to engage with their with their teachers, with their counselors, and they are potentially with them. And he says all that, that's what was responsible, at least partially, if not fully, the deaf son. Now, I shared this with Aaron and John. What's interesting is um, Aaron mentioned, and don't, don't be mad at Aaron, because uh, I agree 100%. What Aaron mentioned was that <laughs> the man in the video, he looks like a country. And I think this brings up another just quick side tangent from me. You know, I won't I won't lie. The guy, when you first look at him, he looks like you know, a country bumpkin, you know, like, oh, I, that's a guy I'm going to meet out there uh, hunting deer and, you know, living in a shack in the middle of the woods all by himself. And I, I like I said, I get that. Now, the guy's name, uh, just if you want to look him up, his name is Brad Hunstable. He is the CEO of their labs. They make electric high. He's also the founder of Ustream, which ultimately was bought by IBM and is still in use. They've rebranded it, but they still use it for video services. And the book side tangent I want to get to here is this is a classic example. Don't judge a book by its cover. We should not give credit to or dismiss someone based solely on how they look. Video, you know, and I'll, I'll admit before I knew who this guy was in the video, I thought this guy's a country hit. He's a country bumpkin. And then after I looked into it, I was like, guy's smart. He knows what he's doing. That was just a quick thing for me, a check for me that, hey, you know what? I'm still doing that even today because he's dressed like ready to go, you know, hunt some turkey. That doesn't mean he's not smart. Just because a person's in a suit doesn't mean that they are smart. Now, I'll, I'll say this about the video. It's decently long. Um, It's it's heart wrenching. Tired thing is it, it's don't don't do yourself a favor. Don't watch it over store or anything like that, because if you do, you're going to break down the middle aisle. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, it's throughout tissue, tissue. So you're going to be using your sleep or spreading a store. But what's more important is that important concerning. But I don't know the conclusion that this guy comes up that ultimately decides uh, removal of the support system. Experts are agreeing with this conclusion and warning flags are being raised. There's an article from CNN out of Sacramento, Sacramento Councilman, and they said, well, we can't allow young to lateral damage of COVID-19. Referring back to the issues in the article caused by mental health and isolation due to the foresight of our response to the virus. <laughs> so as this lockdown continues, we need to have a serious conversation about how this lacks mental health, especially those already to help well those younger finding their way. So since this is mental health, what do we do? Well, I'll say this. This year's mental health awareness month is very different from last year. I would say this year it's less maybe an emphasis on personal learning and personal learning how to cope with everything. And I would say this is more of a hybrid. So here's what I'll say. If you are someone who is dealing with mental health, actually isolation is hard. I get it. I'm there with, I personally, I make it a point to get out of my apartment at least one day. Whether that's just take the dog as far as his little legs will go, um, especially now that he's older and low injured. So that's not very far, but just at least I'm not the same four walls at all hours of the day. Or I maybe go for a car ride, take a dog with us to get out of the house, see uh, something a little different. Isolation is hard. Again, we are not meant to be alone. We are meant to be communal. You know, and I say this and I am an introvert, but even I realize I need some sort of social interaction. And I'm not, I'm not dissing online social interaction, Zoom, phone calls, you know, they help. But there is something completely different between interacting with someone on a video chat where I can either mute or I can uh, turn off camera for a little bit versus interacting with a person one-on-one -on -one, face to face where those minute details of your interactions can be seen and analyzed. That is way different than, hi, I'm Josh, waving into that. So there, there are differences, but use online meeting software, it does help, at least can help bridge the gap. Now, since I'm in a decent place uh, mentally, right, thankfully, one of the things that I realized early on was I need to put in tracks of things. I, I needed to force myself to, I guess you could say, interact. Interact online, interact with my neighbors at a distance, obviously, all distancing right now. Right? And I needed myself to, I needed to force myself to you know, message Aaron and Josh every once in a while. Even if it was just to say, hello, and ADH is real. I forced myself into routine. And that, that is something that is very helpful, especially if you're like, now, okay, I'm going to say this. I'm blessed enough to still have a job. So for those, like, let's say my mom, who doesn't have a job, a routine allows her to have some sense of purpose where she accomplished one thing is she got up, out of bed, took a shower, got dressed. That's all she needs to accomplish. And that's great. That gives you a sense of purpose, even in a time when purpose is really out of whack. 
and no one really knows what that means right it gives me a little target to say tomorrow i am going to take out a bag of garbage tomorrow i'm going to the laundry tomorrow i'm going to get up at 7 a.m tomorrow i'm going to take a shower what are those things even small little things that set as a target to do and then what could you do as a routine as well you know maybe the routine is you get up shower get dressed eat breakfast and that's your routine maybe for week one and week two you add something until you have like a routine by having a routine that at least means you're not just sitting there laying in bed all day doing nothing because guess what when you lay in bed nothing it is so easy just trust me <laughs> i want to just lay there all day today this morning but i was like nope i need to get up i need to do this 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 and this and i did and even so and having a routine having a purpose having small targets to do it helps you feel good that you've accomplished something because sometimes to be honest when you're dealing with a mental health issue when you don't want to live saying one thing to everyone else it might seem or feel like the smallest thing in the world but to you you feel like metal. you feel like you're on top world because you comes at all and it makes it easier than the next day to maybe work on trying the sex you want now i said this was kind of a high uh, effort so if you're someone who doesn't suffer from mental illness and you know a friend or a member that has trusted you enough to let you know that they do suffer some no matter what it may be check in on them once in a while now don't be obnoxious uh just see how they're doing send them a quick text message a quick uh zoom call um send them a quick email facebook message however you want to do it whatever works in your relationship just make sure they're eating sleep at least time keep up with their hygiene etc and you don't have to be like dear tim are you eating your breakfast are you eating your weedy see like hey i had eggs this morning what about you don't have to outside ask them just check in on them make sure that you know that they're taking care of themselves as well until this time of lockdown and careful but to be honest we have to realize we're in this together. and we may need to check in on each other a little more off during this time you know, one of the headlines that i read recently scares scares the heck out of me is saying that they are expecting additional hundred thousand people to die as a result of this covid lockdown from drug abuse or suicide and that is scary i don't want to be one of those hundred thousand i don't want to be one of those a hundred additional hundred thousand and i don't want anyone i know to do and i can imagine most of us don't want our friends and family to be one of those hundred thousand so if we know someone who is having check in on them sure i can't say break quarantine or anything like that uh for legal reasons but you do you decide what's best for that person to make sure that make sure that they're not house unfortunately die as a result now i'll say this if you yourself are self and you are having no backs there's nothing wrong with reaching out seek help be that from a trained professional a therapist or doc be it friend someone you trust reach out reach out to a child sister reach out to co-works to someone you trust heck if <laughs> i doubt anyone will take up on this offer but if you want to shout wordsite.com your life is more important than a quick decision because you ask because if you or someone you know is in critical hey portos seriously <laughs> if or someone you know is in critical and imminent planning to or highly suspect action on them harming yourself self killing yourself self act don't ask if you feel that they are very imminent take them to an er the emergency rooms scary as it is maybe maybe as much as a person says they will make will get to somewhere where they can worse if you are having problems, you're not in a emergency so you need to feel like you're just about ending it, it, if you need to talk to someone like i said reach out but if you have no one job reach out suicide life. they can be found at suicide and life as well as 1-800-272-55 they are available to chat via phone as well as their website chat text please don't film 100 000. don't it's easy it's easy to say i'm it's easy to say but i get it I, i've been there and it was one of the hardest but one of the best so again you or someone you know and tell child get to reach out to, or you don't trust you do whether you realize or not you have someone there's always just sometimes i understand in that mindset we don't don't there's always suicide find that or at 272 take care of yourself be safe it's